the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. Mm, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean. I'm feeling kind of thankful That's today. That's a lot of gratitude. Sean. That's a lot of gratitude. I've got an attitude. And we gratitude. are. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we are thankful that you listen. Take the time to listen to this radio program, this podcast, and uh, we don't take that lightly. So, hey, thanks for listening. We are grateful for you. Is it over? Usually we do that at the end. <laughs> Can we go home? <laughs> You've just started working. Get to work. Actually, we say that for the end. We remind people to, uh, hey, if you haven't liked us or followed uh, the podcast or shared it with your friends, please do. Lots of lots of channels. We're on all the major ones, yep. including Spotify and uh, iTunes, et cetera. And uh, again, we just have a, we have fun, but there's purpose behind it. We know that there's going to be something good for you today, Pastor Sean. Mm-hmm. How you feeling, man? Man, I feel great. I had, had you were the... a little down last week. You had a little sniffle. <clears throat> yeah, thing. well, I wasn't sure if it was a cold or what it was, but I started to take some allergy stuff, and I'm talking about the the natural naturopathy stuff my okay. wife gets, you know, because yeah. uh, she didn't like us doing too much medicine, which I, I'm on board. Right. We're, we're kind of unified on that. If you need medicine, great, but don't be popping pills for everything. <laughs> uh, so we we use who knows what else, <laughs> who knows where this has been or what's in it. I grew this in the backyard. Try this. <laughs> None of the guy at the fair said it was good, <laughs> so I'm sure it's fine. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. <laughs> but uh, no, that helped a lot. So I, I think I'm struggling with some allergy stuff, but it's under control. I see you can still hear a little of it, but I'm feeling a lot better. All right. And then we also save this for the end. We always say, uh, "Hey, what are you talking about this weekend? Let's do that now." Are you. We're wrapping up leadership, right? Oh, no, no, no. Done. Already did that. It's okay. done. Good. So you missed it. <laughs> well, you can find it online. No, yeah, on, on online YouTube. at reallife.org. Uh, actually, reallife.org, you can get all our messages, but we it's our YouTube channel. We're doing our mm-hmm. streaming and everything through our YouTube channel. Just go River City Community Church. Look us up uh, on YouTube, and you can get all the services. You can get other stuff that we put out. It's a great way to stay connected. And then after Thanksgiving here, I'm, it's the four-part Christmas series. Well, yeah. <laughs> is it Joy of the World Sunday? <laughs> It is. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That is a tradition that we start. You know, we picked it up at the church where we became friends, Mm -hmm. Trinity Church, Mm -hmm. uh, Pastor Alan Randolph at the time. And his thing was Joy to the World Sunday. Sunday. Be there! (laughs) Joy to the World Sunday! It's Christmas! Uh, we, We did that, and what's funny... You know, we made fun of it and stuff when we were there. We made fun of a lot of stuff when yeah, we were there, a, as the you can imagine. Fellowship, <laughs> right? Exactly. If you can't mock it, you know, you can't make it. Uh, but, uh, but no. I, I, when I planted a church, mm-hmm. the first Sunday of December came, and I'm like, I guess I'm not not singing "Joy to the World." So my team was laughing at me today. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So I guess it's Joy to the World <laughs> Sunday. Sunday. Oh, what, what are you all into? Creativity? Uh-huh. Changing it up? Doing uh-huh. something different? No, 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 no. It's Joy to the World Sunday. Oh, that's amazing. No, that'll be, that'll be the next Sunday. This Sunday, uh, Pastor Mike McGuire is speaking. Uh, Mike does a great job. Uh, Mike's an mm-hmm. awesome brother. And we're finishing up our compassion emphasis, mm-hmm. uh, along with the backside of the, the tail end of this series, 
um, we have our uh, we've had our compassion emphasis because we have a core value of compassion at River City Community Church. It's something that we believe Jesus showed, He displayed, and one of our core values is to reflect His compassion to one another, to the world around us, to international partners. And so this Sunday, we're actually going to meet a great ministry that is doing uh, a really exciting work among uh, Muslim immigrants here mm. in San Antonio. Mike's going to interview them, and uh, you know we're just starting to get involved with them and support them. So uh, it's been great. But you can check out all of that at reallife.org or on our uh, YouTube channel. Awesome. Uh, if it's not too late to pre-promote as well, uh, some other great traditions that River City Community Church has, has done. Going to do a little candle lighting, going to do some uh, caroling. Oh, yeah. Our Christmas Eve Chris, carols and candlelight. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, no, of course. That's something that we love. It, we, we, and we treat it as a family event, mm-hmm. you know, just a gathering before we all go and do our separate holidays with all our family and friends. We just come together. We sing some carols. I'll bring a brief devotional. But the highlight, of course, is the candle lighting. Yeah, of know. course. And yeah. Christmas falls on a Sunday this uh, year, Pastor Sean. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. What does that mean? For us, what we're doing is we're having our Christmas Eve services services on the 23rd and 24th, and then on the 25th, we're letting everybody stay home, and we are going to have a streaming service for families to gather together and just in their just... In their underwear. Baron, if if <laughs> the Wileys want, you know, I don't need to know how you're watching our stream. But will it be in your living room? Uh, I don't think so. No, okay. no, we're not going to do it in my living room. We did that last year. Yeah, okay. Just remember, uh, and uh, and, right. and people were resentful. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's a nice gun you got back there. <laughs> No, it's just going to be, a, and it, it'll be just designed for families, you know, mm-hmm. to just be able to, okay, you're there, you've opened presents, you've spent some time, but it's going to allow you to now just kind of tune in together and stream this service and just kind of all of us just give thanks and, yeah. and you know, celebrate and worship Jesus. You know, I noticed here in this conversation that we just had, Pastor Sean, we've used a lot of some Christianese words, you mm, know, we talked mm. about fellowship. Yeah. Oh yeah. We talked about gratitude, attitude of gratitude and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you and I have something unique that, uh, we do offline all the time. Anytime we greet each other, either if it's on the phone or in person, we say, hello, brother in the Lord. <laughs> I mean, that's just something we've been doing for years. Yes. Yes. Almost yes. as a mockery to a Christian. What? what? No, what? no, it's real. I mean, it's real brother. We wouldn't mock. <laughs> no, there's so much of that. So much. And, and it's a part of us, Baron. I know. And, and yes, if you can't make fun of it a little bit, something's wrong. I wrote a paper. Actually, it was for Trinity Church years ago uh-huh. uh, regarding an internship program I was applying for. And I had written this paper to submit to the leadership and the eldership to be considered for this internship, and uh, which I did get. But I gave it to a friend of mine. This is not like a religious church guy. Okay, okay. Right. <laughs> He's actually he grew up in church, but he's just totally not that way. He, I just said, hey, give read it over for me if you see anything weird or see anything that needs proofing or anything just let me know so he read it and he gave it back to me said it's pretty good and then he had all these big red things circled in the index he said preacher man buzzwords Ooh, preacher man buzzwords and it was words that we throw around and say that we know what they mean yeah and the world uh, has no idea yeah regular people have no idea (laughs) what they mean and you know, we're bad about it. Yeah. We're real bad about it. You know, and <laughs> we'll laugh about, here's what I really want to say, but what I'll say instead is, praise the Lord, brother. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you so much for noticing. <laughs> and what I want to say is, yeah, whatever. <laughs> right, or I'll pray about it. Or yeah, that kind of exactly, exactly. All kinds of things that we throw around because, well, it's part of church culture and we mm-hmm. grew up with it. 
Wow. So does any come to mind there, Pastor Sean? I got a couple in my mind that, that we use every well, day. Why don't you go? Go. Give me what you got. Usually things like, uh, you know, phrases are said in prayers, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so, Lord, just please put a hedge of protection over them. <laughs> mm. and, and, and when you say that, I just want to go, mm, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no one knows what a hedge of protection is. And, you know, mm. if, if I'm a guy, don't, don't you think I should use something a little heavier, a little stronger than a hedge? <laughs> you know? I'm well, not, you, you know, the Babylon Bee had something on that, right? Hit me. They reported that a landscaper was fired by the church for trimming the hedge of protection around the church too low. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what is that? You know where that comes from? Yeah, yes. Uh, hedge of, one, it comes from my Pentecostal church back in <laughs> Crystal Lake, Illinois. That's right. And, and again, understand something. When we do some of this, if we get a little Southern, it's because they typically do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the hedge of protection. I remember those prayers when we were little kids praying, hedge of protection. I'm like... What does that mean? Oh, it just means protection. It's actually from Job. Okay. From the book of Job, chapter one, where Satan is the one who came up with this. Oh, really? Oh, nice. <laughs> just, no, I, I always knew Satan came <laughs> up with the hedge of protection. No. God's like, well, have you noticed my my servant Job? And commending Job and saying, have you seen him? Mm-hmm. He says, well, why wouldn't he be great? You've put a hedge of protection around him. Take, remove that, let me at him. Okay, and that's how the book of Job kind of begins this kind of thing of Job's life. And so that's where it comes from, yeah. the hedge of protection. Uh, would you join me, uh, brother in the Lord, for some quiet time? <laughs> you know? Yes, yes, yes. And uh, that's, Okay, let me just say, if you're sitting here right now being deeply offended by Barron's mockery, <laughs> you're not alone. I also am. <laughs> no, but just, just know... It doesn't mean that any of these things are bad. Yeah. But you just, just got to know, we throw these things around as though they're, you know, necessarily in the Bible. And sometimes they are, but we're even using them wrong. So, yeah, quiet time, that that's just a, a kind of thing we've made up for a time of prayer and Bible reading. Yeah. You know, yeah. but... It's, you know, that's just our phrase for it. There's some churches that have like banned the word. If you put fellowship on this flyer, come for fun, food, and fellowship. Oh, my gosh. And the alliteration. The alliteration just inspired me. (laughs) When you alliterated that, the pastor in me, hallelujah. I'm there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Fun, food, and fellowship. Fellowship. Fellowship's a good word. Mm -hmm. It's a good word. Koinonia is the Greek. But, yes, it is an overused word. And we talk about fellowship, you know. And, And fellowship in the scripture is a deep kind of means we're one in the spirit and there's this deep connection we talk about fellowship and you know usually involves a covered dish and you know a couple <laughs> which is in the bible right? which is in the bible yeah. Dishes, yeah well that's right didn't paul say i buffet my body <laughs> wow i never heard that one <laughs> yeah buffet it's you know when he says i beat my body but the king james says buffet mm-hmm. and then of course leave it to southern <laughs> southern pentecostals that i grew up with to say i buffet my body <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, uh, Lord, as you uh, travel there, uh, traveling mercies all over you, brother. I don't is that is that biblically rooted? I I, I just I know no that idea. was one I heard. Traveling mercies yeah. was one I have. I know St. Jude is the uh, patron saint of traveling. Okay. So maybe there's something, maybe there's a Catholic angle to it, but traveling mercies. Yeah, I don't I don't know. even know what that means. I don't know if that even. When the cop uh, pulls you over, with... that you <laughs> get mercy? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't, I don't get enough of that. <laughs> I mean, not that I would need it. No, no, no. Because you've got that, I backed the blue sticker on the back of your car. And... Yeah, it, it's just the idea. <laughs> of course I do. 
You know, I, the the whole idea of travel, it's just the mercies, you know, his his mercies never come to an end. They're mm-hmm. new every morning. His mercies and well, I pray traveling mercies for you, I, I guess. I mean, I, that's where I, I don't know where it origins, originates from. And please know, we're just talking yeah. about, we came across some of these, Baron came across some of these. And I think they're, I think they are worth pointing out that sometimes we have these little buzzwords in, in another industry, it would be called shop talk or shop uh-huh. lingo, in-house lingo, that just remember there might be people around who are, are the uninitiated or the new who don't know what these things mean. So go to church so you can learn our language, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just interesting, if nothing else. Uh, bring the whole tithe, bring the tithe to the storehouse. A lot. That's, that's actually right out of the scripture. But yeah. it's, there's a context. You know, you're talking about God's people, talking about bringing grain and things that they were required to bring to take care of the, the priest, to take care of the care, ministry to the poor, and to keep the house of God funded. Well, we talk about the tithe, which continued on into the New Testament, and, but we use this idea of bring the tithe into the storehouse. And if you just say that without explaining, a whole lot of people don't know what that's yeah, People that's don't about. know what, what tithe means, much less storehouse. Yeah, exactly you know? right. Exactly right. Wow. I think that's one of your favorites, right? Well, Baron, it is <laughs> <laughs> as a pastor. <laughs> uh, let's see here. This is an easy one. I mean, uh, a lot of hymns, you know, sacred songs. There talking about being washed in the blood. And, mm-hmm. and if you and if mm-hmm. you're not and mm-hmm. grew up in the church and don't know what washed in the blood is, it's like, yeah. I don't know if I want to be washed in yeah, blood. No, it, it, that that's one of those whole things. Uh, you know, when we take communion, we we recognize oh, yeah. we recognize the for the uninitiated when you say, uh, you know. Take my body. Yeah, take my body, and we talk about the blood, remembering the blood. It, for the person who doesn't know, it's like, why would they be doing that? Of course, we understand mm-hmm. our the blood of Jesus was shed to pay the penalty for our sins. And the reason blood is because the Scripture says the life is in the blood. And that's why, the, the, and when you stop and understand that, that's why the blood sacrifice was required for our redemption. It was an actual life given to pay the death penalty for your sin and mine. So when we say washed by the blood or we say redeemed by the blood, it's like has deep meaning. When you say washed by the blood or redeemed by the blood to someone who's uninitiated, again, Mm -hmm. just be ready to take the time to explain the biblical background of that. I think we could do a whole show just on the blood. Oh, yeah. I'd love to do that. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that. They, They know the phrases, but they don't understand, oh, my sin, the wages of sin is what? Death. Wage sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Why Jesus? Because he paid a blood sacrifice. He gave his life. And when the blood shed, that means the life is actually given. You know, without the shedding of blood, Scripture says there's no remission of sin. Why? Because the life is in the blood. Yeah. And so that, that's a big deal. That's why we talk about the blood of Christ and why uh, we recognize that. Yeah. I, so, I, so these little phrases, I mean, there's something deep and significant behind them many times, but we, we change them. You know, I'm, the, the one you mentioned, fellowship, that's just a word that it really means something rich and deep, but mm-hmm. can, we can throw it around kind of glibly. All right. Uh, by the way, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean. Are you living the real life, Pastor Sean? Well, you know, I am. <laughs> real, just tell us what real life means. Uh, for us, real life is the, it, it actually, when, you know, I began using that. It's a, it is an adaptation of John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. That's right. And, uh, you know, I paraphrase that I came to give you real life. And really for me, real life had two kind of meanings for me. One was the only real life is in Christ. The only authentic, eternal, real life is in Christ. But two, that this real life for us 
talks about authentic real life, and it, it applies everywhere in life. It's not just a church thing. It's life that you live at work. It's life you live at home with your family. It's life you live in the community. It is the real life of Christ in every area of life. It's not a church thing. It's a life thing. Reallife.org, again, is the website, uh, again, where you can find this podcast and many yeah. others, and uh, a lot of great information. Anything else in your heart, Pastor Sean, on this topic before we move on? No, no. Th- I, th- I think we've covered some of the phrases. As we, we, we should make a section of this occasionally, you know, as we come up with new ones or we hear new ones. I'm going to guard my heart. <laughs> guard, guard your heart. That is actually right in the scripture. But again, people are like, what, <laughs> what you you know, you're going to get shot? Exactly. You're, you're talking body armor? Right. It's, it's talking about guard your heart. I was trying to, it is the wellspring of life. Yeah. I was trying to think of a Spurs player who was a guard, but I can't, can't name him. Tony Parker. No, no, no. Current. Oh, no, me. No. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 I don't even want to go into that. But when the NBA went so hardcore, you know, woke, yeah, yeah. I, I just kind of, I was like, okay, well, whatever. I don't, I don't need to. I'm not paying for that. I'm with you. Well, the NFL did a nice job of it for a little while, and I think they're kind of going swinging back. No, I, the NFL stopped short, and, mm-hmm. and it wasn't so across the board. But you know, that's a conversation for another time. Well, cool. Well, we always like to again just kind of keep you abreast of what's going on in the news and the culture uh, from a Christian perspective, Pastor Sean. I always appreciate how you do it. And uh, so back in, I guess it was June. When did uh, Roe versus Wade get overturned? That was June, I believe. Yeah. Not, now that remember they'd been it got leaked. Oh, that's right. And the the ruling was leaked, and they've been talking about it. They battled for six months before it actually was done, but I believe it was June. Okay. Well, this is from Christianity Today, uh, ChristianityToday.com. Everything you need to know about the Respect for Marriage Act. And here's the headline. Uh, The law recently advanced by the U.S. Senate doesn't deny religious liberty to those who support traditional unions. This week, the Senate advanced the Respect for Marriage Act. The law tries to balance the unquestionable goodness of traditional marriage with America's changing view on same-sex relationships. Some conservatives will undoubtedly treat the act as a loss, but others will take the view that, in a morally pluralistic society, a few concessions yield a win for the common good. I'm one of them. Who's this guy? Okay, his name's Carl Esbeck. I don't know if he's a writer for Christianity Today or if this is an opinion piece, but he obviously they thought enough of it to publish it. And I disagree with him. I don't think this is a win. I don't think this is good. It does give space for religious liberties. That part was added later by the Senate, which I'm grateful for that. Mm -hmm. But that's for recognized nonprofits. Businesses, you know, Christian business people, for-profits, they don't have that protection. So there's going to be the litigations, and it Mm -hmm. does do all that. What it basically does is it removes the statements and the, the previous protection for marriage between a man and a woman. Oh, okay. It removes that, and so now it, this in a federal statute, it says gay, trans, all, all of that is is protected or at least recognized under this. Mm-hmm. And it, what it also says is, if a state, if one state recognizes it, all states must. Uh-huh. That's one of the big provisions of this act. So if there's a same-sex marriage in one state, and right now another state can fail to recognize it, well, under this act. They, they cannot. Obviously for us, for those of us who believe that marriage is, one, one marriage predates any nation on the face of this earth, mm-hmm. and I don't think governments have a right to change the meaning of the word marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay, doesn't mean they're not going to do it, but I don't think they have a right to. Marriage is something that predates these nations. I think, honestly, if a nation says, hey, we're going to do a civil union, we're going to come up with a union that we're going to recognize. Well, I may think it's not good for the culture, but I can at least say, well, they have a right to do that. 
changing what marriage means and is. I don't, I don't acknowledge that. I think many Christians are, are forgetting that we, we're, not, we're not really all that worried about the state's recognition mm. of marriage. You know, one of the things that when people ask me, do you do, you know, same-sex weddings? Uh, I'm like, I only do Christian weddings. Mm-hmm. I'm a pastor, okay? I'm not a judge. I'm not a federal employee. I'm a minister. Mm-hmm. And so I only do religious ceremonies, and I do it according to our faith. Mm-hmm. And, of course, in our faith... Marriage is for a man and a woman. And so those are the only kind of weddings that we'll do. Now, do the weddings, are the weddings we do licensed by the state? Sure. But the fact is we're doing a religious ceremony. You know, when I said I don't take such a dire view of this, it's like, well, this is what a secular culture is going to do. You know, if we don't understand that we're moving more and more towards the Roman Empire, or, mm. you know, that type of setting where, where the church has been most of its history. If we don't understand that we're, we're living in that type of scenario, we're not living in America of the 1950s where the church, while I'm not saying everybody who's a Christian, the, the, a biblical worldview, respect for the church, respect mm-hmm. for our religious practices was central to American life. Well, that's just not the case anymore. Hmm. And so this is just the most recent of those. Now, I don't like it, but I, I understand what's happening. Yeah. And as, as an American citizen, when I, when I get a chance to vote, I'm going to vote against things like this whenever I can. I'm going to vote against politicians who support things like this. I'm going to vote, and I'm going to steward my vote to the best of my ability to try to represent what God's heart is for people. Mm-hmm. And that's my, that's my job. I'm a Christian. I'm first a Christian, then I'm an American. But when this happens, I'm, I don't sit and despair. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like, well, this is where the church has been forever. Could this mean, is this one more step closer to Christian churches and Christian institutions in America facing persecution, facing litigation? Sure, it does. Mm-hmm. But I believe the God who strengthened the church in these kind of times in the past See, it wasn't in the comfortable times that the church flourished and grew. It was in times like this that the church flourished and grew. So I do see that as I I hope the church doesn't just get mad that their American rights are being trampled on. I hope the church begins to pray and begins to say, okay, well, we're going to follow Jesus no matter what, because that will lead to the strengthening of the church. That's the bottom line. Yeah. And I love where you're, where you're going about marriage. It's, it's holy, you know? This right. is a holy institution. Yeah, and it, it, again, it, it, it's a religious for us. Mm-hmm. It is a faith-based sacrament. It's a covenant. Correct. And if the state recognizes something different than that, I'm, it's disappointing. I don't like it. I don't think it's good for people. But my response isn't going to be to get all up in arms and try to fight the state. My yeah. response is going to be to try to win as many people to Jesus as I can yeah. so that the Holy Spirit changes them so that their perspectives, their views change. They become biblically literate, biblically uh, committed people. And then you're going to see change. Yeah. Uh, to your point, you just said that, hey, I'm a Christian first, and then, you know, hey, we're Americans, but right. we're still Americans. And so, we, hey, we both voted here recently right. in the midterms yep. there. But you know what I've never done? I've never picked up the phone and called my senator. I've never called my congressman. Have you? Oh, I've, I've written. Yeah? You know, yeah. I, I've, Is that a good exercise? What do you think? Oh, I think, of course. Yeah? Any, anything that you can say, and, and when you do it, be respectful. Mm-hmm. Represent Christ. Mm. Just remember, you're a Christian. Represent Christ. So be respectful. But be truthful. Mm-hmm. Speak the truth in love. 
and you can just say, hey, I know you have a big decision on this legislation coming up. As a citizen and a member of your district or as a member in your state, as a citizen in your state, here's my view of what I'd like to see for my government, what I'd like to see for this. And let them know because I'm telling you, people who have no interest in morality, they have no interest in uh, biblical worldview or biblical lifestyle, are they're writing. Mm -hmm. They're making their voice heard. So go ahead and make your voice heard. But again, we don't put our hope there. That's the thing. I guess that's the big difference. Um, My hope is not in legislation or in politicians or in government. Mm. My hope is in the Lord. And that's a game changer. That's that's awesome. Hey, again, we thank you so much for listening. Can we go break bread now, Pastor Sean? <laughs> really? You're not going to stop? <laughs> this is just going to keep going on? I got more. I got a million of them. <laughs> yeah, you do have a million of them. Uh, hey, thanks for listening. And, and as always, you know, uh, I just want to say this is our last uh, program yeah. before Thanksgiving. I really hope that you will pause with family and friends wherever you are, even if it's just you and one other person, or even if you're by yourself, you will stop. And, you know, the here's another one for you, Baron. Okay. Count your blessings. Amen. Okay, count your blessings. We make fun of that. There was an old song that we sang, and hokey old songs, you know. But at the end of the day, that's just a really good practice. You know, count your blessings. The things that God gave you. One of our guys, actually part of our facilities team, uh, Matt, shared today from a, from a message I had shared years ago about just counting his blessings and recognize, you know, if, if you, if you have lights to turn on in, in the morning, you know, you're, you're better off than a whole lot of the world. Mm. You know, if you have a roof over your head, if you have a way to get to work, think of all the things that you have that are blessings of the Lord and just give thanks, mm-hmm. give thanks. And most of all, give thanks for his presence. You know, the, the deal is when I talk about the Respect for Marriage Act and my disappointment with some of the things and I see what it's doing to people and so what we're doing, at the end of the day, I can give thanks that, Lord, I don't have to face this alone. You are greater. Mm. You, you know, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And if, as Scripture says, if you're for us, who can be against us? So I don't, I don't despair. I have hope because of him. So that and that alone, man, is enough reason to give thanks for a thousand years. So give thanks, celebrate, and uh, don't go crazy on the Christmas thing. <laughs> and I know Friday, Black Friday's coming. I hate that. I hate that Black Friday yeah. follows Thanksgiving. Um, so I'm going to be content and thankful on Thursday. Right. But Friday, <laughs> unleash the beast. You know, that's what it feels like. So anyway, God bless you. Thanks for listening. I pray you have an amazing and happy Thanksgiving. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.